We are highly honored to welcome Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky to Regent University, live from Washington, D.C., where he's been on the Senate floor voting. He will join us now to speak to us about his experience with medical tyranny. Dr. Rand Paul is a respected medical doctor. He was a vocal champion and remains so, fighting for our once protected civil liberties, and he continues to vigorously challenge rising medical authoritarianism. Would you please give a warm Regent University welcome to Senator Rand Paul. Thanks, Michelle, and uh, we miss you up here. You need to come and visit us more often. <laughs> but uh, absolutely, without question, we have never seen a period of time in our history where the government is so dominating the decisions that you make between you and your doctor. I have friends who are physicians who come up to me and they say they're being threatened. They're being threatened by their board credentialing. They're being threatened by licensure if they speak up. And what are they speaking up to say? Many of the same things that I've said. One, that uh, vaccines should be a choice. And that really, whether or not you get vaccinated or whether or not you choose to have treatment for COVID should be individualized. This is what Scott Atlas and the other doctors that advised Donald Trump said. They said, why don't we target the people who are most at risk? And why don't we emphasize them for encouraging vaccination and or treatment instead of saying one size fits all? I think it's actually malpractice to tell a 10-year-old that they should have the same response and same protective uh, decisions as an 80-year-old. So an 80-year-old is a thousand times more likely to die from COVID. It's sort of like someone goes into the, uh, into the emergency room. I'm 60 years old, 59 years old. I go into the emergency room and let's say I have chest pain. Would you treat me the same as an 18-year-old that shows up with chest pain? No, we both could be having a heart attack, but it's much more likely that I'm the one having a heart attack. And it's much more likely the 18-year-old has anxiety or some other kind of problem that's causing that or asthma or, but typically not a heart attack. So we make different medical calls based on age. It's the same way with vaccination. So if you're under age 15, the death rate from COVID is one in 2.32 million. So you're more likely to die from a car accident. You're more likely to die from a meteor. You're more likely to die from being struck by lightning. And so I tell the people that are freaking out about kids and making them wear masks, which most of which don't work, but the people freaking out and saying this are not putting things in perspective. Because if we're gonna mandate vaccines for children for COVID, and we're gonna mandate masks for children for COVID, Really, we shouldn't have them all wear helmets with lightning rods because every time they go outside, they're at risk for being struck by lightning. And I think if we had helmets with lightning rods for all the children, of course, they'd have to be grounded and connected to the ground, so it'd be a little bit cumbersome to wear. But uh, I mean, that's the ridiculous nature of this. Nobody's really putting it in perspective. So if you ask me my opinion, above and beyond government mandates, should you get vaccinated? What well, depends on your age and your risk factors? particularly over 65 and probably over 55, there's a significant risk of dying from COVID. But when I say significant, it's still only about 1%. So it isn't like 50% of people are dying. When you, when you interview Democrats, they're like, oh, a third of the people are dying with COVID. No, it's a 99% survival rate in almost every age category, even in the age categories where there is a higher risk. But what we have learned 
is the government's not been honest with us. On the number one question that could save lives and could alter what you decide on whether or not you need to have treatment or whether or not you need to be vaccinated is, have you already been infected? So the CDC has consistently covered up what is the effect if you've been uh, infected already. Finally, about six months ago, Dr. Fauci was on CNN. And the first time I think of it, he's ever been asked a real question. They said, what about natural immunity if you've already had the disease? And he said, oh, that's interesting. We should look into that. This is a year and a half into the pandemic and they haven't even bothered to examine natural immunity. Well, it turns out this, natural immunity is incredibly infective. If you measure a bunch of different groups, let's say we have unvaccinated people here and vaccinated people here. If you've been vaccinated, and if you're in risk for being hospitalized and dying, generally older or overweight, you have 20 times less likely to be in the hospital if you've been vaccinated versus unvaccinated. But guess what? It also turns out if you've been infected, like myself, not vaccinated, that I'm 55 times less likely to be in the hospital than someone who's unvaccinated. Now, all of it points towards there being some benefit from vaccination and from the infection. The two together are what provide protection, and that's why we're doing better now. If you look at the statistics, if we take 1,000 people from either your area, from Virginia Beach or from Virginia, we take 1,000 people and we draw blood from them and say, do you have antibodies? Do you have immunity to either the virus or to the vaccine? Guess what? 95% of people across the United States now have immunity to either the vaccine or the disease. 60% of children under 18 have already had COVID. So why would we not factor that into our decision? The reason less people are getting sick is the disease has become less virulent, less lethal because of mutation. So we have a less lethal disease, but we also, it's no longer a novel virus. It's a virus that most of us know. 95% of us have either been presented with the vaccine or with the disease. So really we're in a great position right now and we should be back to normal. No one should be wearing masks and at risk for being taken down from YouTube, I'll say it again, cloth masks are ineffective, virtually completely ineffective. And the mandates have allowed people to wear them. So almost everybody in the country for the last year on planes, we're still doing it. We're playing the theater. I'm wearing a cloth mask on the plane. The only time I'm forced to do it, but it's of no value. It's, a, it's sort of this comfort or totem for people who believe in some sort of mass psychology to try to convince people, but it's not medically valid. But we do have a medical tyranny that's sort of affecting us. Dr. Fauci would be less harmful if he were practicing family practice in Peoria because only the people that were silly enough to choose him as a doctor would be hurt by his harmful opinions. Instead, he's the leader of the medical industrial complex the same way a central planner leads the economy in socialism. So everything that's bad about socialism is also bad about centralizing the authority and power in one person. Because if that person is wrong, it gets transmitted to everybody. And he's been wrong about so much, natural immunity. He's been wrong about masks. He's wrong about vaccinating young people. He also was wrong initially on whether or not steroids would work. I asked him the first time I met him, should we give steroids to those who are very sick? He says, oh, no, we've tried that. It doesn't work. Every patient in America today in the intensive care unit on a ventilator is getting high-dose IV steroids. The very first question I asked Dr. Fauci, and he got it wrong. But thousands of people died because he gave the advice not to use steroids. 
Thousands of people died also because he, ch- he said we should vaccinate everyone the same. So a 25-year-old fit firefighter was at the front of the line competing with an 85-year-old. When my in-laws, we wanted to get them vaccinated, my wife called the public health department line in Bowling Green. She couldn't get a human because this is the government. So no one would answer the phone. But the first message on the machine when she got through to public health was, if you know anybody not wearing a mask, if you call this number, we'll send the police to get them. Really? So no help getting a vaccine, but they're willing to send the police. One other thing that we need to address, and a lot of people misunderstand, is that when Trump came out for hydroxychloroquine, he was for using a medicine in an off-label way. That's very common and has been done for decades. Hydroxychloroquine was developed for malaria. And then actually the most common use today is actually for rheumatoid arthritis. Why? Because it has anti-inflammatory properties for rheumatoid arthritis. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and buy hydroxychloroquine. I'm, I'm agnostic. I'm not positive. The studies, I think, are somewhat equivocal. But drugs like hydroxychloroquine, drugs like uh, ivermectin, and drugs like fluvoxamine, which is an antidepressant, have a secondary effect of having less inflammation. It should be your choice. Like I say, I'm not advocating you go out and do this. I'm saying it's your choice. Talk to your doctor. But the government should not be involved in your choices. This will go on. This is the beginning of the takeover, the complete takeover. Obamacare was a big part of the government taking over. Now we're taking over, the, or the government is taking over individual decisions. So it's not going to end. Even if Biden stops the mask mandate on planes next month, which I hope he will, we've been pushing him to do so, it doesn't end. Right now, in some colleges, we're mandating three vaccines. And what do we know? The statistics show that if you're male between the ages of 16 and 24, they show that you actually are at increased risk for an inflammation of the heart if you take the vaccine. It's exactly the wrong thing. It's not even whether it'll benefit you, it will actually harm you. So as we go forward, I think it's important that you go ahead and understand that this fight doesn't end with COVID. COVID was the beginning of the government taking it over. What you have to do, what the young people of this country have to do is resist and push the adults not to take away your medical freedom. Thank you for having me. Senator Paul, thank you so much. We understand you have to go back down to the Senate floor. We're sorry we couldn't have time for Q&A with you, but we appreciate you so much. Don't go away. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor.